This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is another Sunday, and we're grateful to be able to come into your living space. Uh, wherever you may be watching us, streaming us live, we thank you so much for pausing and joining us for this Sunday morning worship experience. Uh, we want to continue this sermonic dialogue in which we started on last week, entitled 21 Days of Gratitude. And as we move into the second installment, I want to call your attention to uh, Psalms 118, the 118th number of the Psalms. And I want to encourage you, I want to ask that if you would, that you would, uh, um, today I will be reading from the New King James Version of the Scriptures. And wherever you are, uh, as is our custom, if we were in the building, we would stand for the reading of God's Word. I want to encourage you that wherever you are, that you will stand as we read uh, God's Word. Psalms 118, beginning at verse 1, I want to read down to verse 4. You will find these words. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, <laughs> for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron uh, now say, his mercy endures forever. And let those who fear the Lord now say, here it is, his mercy endures forever. For a few minutes, I want to put a tag on this text and in the second installment of this series entitled The 21 Days of Thanksgiving, I want to talk just for a few minutes uh, from this idea. Three truths from a thankful heart. Three truths from a thankful heart. Would you look at your neighbor, uh, your husband, your wife, your children, whoever's in your living space, and just tell them uh, Pastor Hubbard's going to talk about it. Three truths from a thankful heart. Amen, amen. You may be seated wherever you are. Right off the bat, I want to give you these three truths, and then I want to do my best in these next few minutes to unpack them. The first thing I want to show you in the text is that a thankful heart acknowledges the goodness of God. I want you to write that down. A thankful heart acknowledges the goodness of God. You need to keep this in mind that to acknowledge means to accept or admit the existence of a known truth. It means to admit uh, or to recognize the significant quality that exists in another. A thankful heart acknowledges the goodness of God. Secondly, I want you to see that a thankful heart announces the goodness of God. Right here in the text. A thankful heart announces the goodness of God. 
You see, not only does a thankful heart acknowledges, but my brothers and sisters, a thankful heart also announces the goodness of our God. But then thirdly, I want you to write this down. I want you to get this. And you'll see it right in the preceding verses, beginning at verse number two. And that is a thankful heart activates partnerships. <laughs> to help champion the goodness of God. Are you, did you get that? And that's why we want to lay our hat this morning. A thankful heart acknowledges the goodness of God. Thankful heart announces the goodness of God. And then a thankful heart activates partnerships that champion the goodness of of God. Let me read that text for you one more time. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord because he is good. His, because his mercy endures forever. My brothers and sisters, on last week I told you that we owe a great debt to God. Yes. In fact, we said that we owe God. And the truth of the matter is, as long as we are breathing air in this world, as long as we are, are walking and able to stand upright, we owe God a great debt. But my brothers and sisters, I want to suggest this morning that we also owe a great debt of thanks to the writer of this psalms. Okay. Uh, we owe a great debt of uh, to uh, the writer of Psalms 118. This author, this writer is David. He is the baby boy of Jesus. David is the young shepherd who was uh, anointed king by Samuel. David is the young man who defeated Goliath. You know the story. He was the one who faced Goliath uh, out in the valley and this, he killed this Philistine giant with a slingshot and with three smooth stones. Yes, David. Uh, we owe uh, him a great debt of thanks. In fact, when I get to heaven, I want to talk to David and I want to thank him for the inspiration that he has given me in so many of the Psalms. I want to thank him for what he penned in Psalms 1. You, you remember it, don't you? When he says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You know it, don't you? And in his law, he meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth it's fruit in a season whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Goes on to say, but the ungodly are not so; they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Y'all know this, but 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 I want to talk to him a little bit more because oh, I appreciate what he penned in Psalms 23. That's my favorite, y'all. You know what he said, don't you? He said, "The Lord is my shepherd." He said, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. 
And I want to thank him for what he wrote down in Psalms 27 when he tells us the Lord is my light and he's my salvation. He says, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When I get to heaven, my brothers and sisters, I, I want to talk to David and thank him for encouraging me. Thank him for enlightening me. Thank him for educating me. Can't you hear him? In Psalms 27 and that 14 verse when he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall, talking about God, y'all, he said, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I want to know, is there anybody in here, any Bible readers, uh, who's looking, who's watching, who's eavesdropping, who want to join me in thanking David for what he penned in Psalm 37 when he said, fret not thyself. Because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Why? Because they shall soon be cut down like the grass yeah, yeah. and wither as the green herb. I, I want to take just a little time and thank him for what he wrote in Psalm 121. He says, I will lift up my eyes until the hill from which cometh my help. My, my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens. And the earth. I, I owe this writer. I, I owe this author. I owe this psalmist, David, great deal gratitude. My brothers and sisters, if we're going to embrace the truth of this text, we need to understand that David is not only is not the only one we owe a great debt of gratitude towards. If we are to understand this passage, we need to know the context, and we need to understand something about this psalm's background. David, I told you earlier, is the author. David is the writer, and he writes this psalm after he has risen to the heights of royal splendor. Pins this psalm not in the valley with the sheep, but he writes it after he has ascended to the throne of Israel. Scholars suggest that it was at the peak of his success when David, yes, looked back from where the Lord had brought him. And my brothers and sisters, I highly commend him for being so conscious of God at such a time of sweet success. <laughs> because can I just be honest and keep it real just for a few minutes? I've discovered, my brothers and sisters, that everybody cannot experience great success and remain steady with God. No, nobody, no, not, not everyone can enjoy the heights of success without losing their godly focus. Some of y'all can't even handle a paycheck, having, having a little bit more than one paycheck in your bank account. But, but here it is, David, yes, even during the peak of his success, remained aware of the one that brought him over. It is said that David took a trip. Down memory lane, you know the song, back down memory lane. He took a journey down the path of his past, and David recalled his ups and his downs. He, he considered the times when he was strong and even when he was weak. He remembered how his life fluctuated between up and down, strength and weakness. David, yes, remembered all of the times when he was inconsistent, and he also remembered all of the times when God was consistent. David recalled times when he was wrong and the times when he had done badly. Y'all not hearing me, but David also remembered that on every occasion and in every instance, God continued, here it is, to be always good. Yeah. And my brothers and sisters, that pretty much 
sums up the totality of our lives. If we would be honest and transparent in here this morning, somebody would testify with me that our lives are a constant fluctuating pattern of inconsistency. Can I get a witness here? Somebody listening to the sound of my weak voice can say, Pastor, I've been strong sometimes, but I've also been weak. Are y'all going to talk back to me? I've been right sometimes, but most of the times when I think it over, I've been wrong. <laughs> Most of the times I've been good sometimes, bad other times, but in the midst of all of my inconsistency, God has always been good. And somebody ought to stand up, somebody ought to jump up, somebody ought to get up, somebody ought to tell your neighbor, God is still, yeah, he's still good. David takes a moment, looks back, in retrospect concludes that since God has been faithful, since God has been gracious, since God has been consistently good, the proper thing to do is to give him thanks. I said give him thanks. You see, David was aware that God, if he had chosen to, could have fluctuated every time he fluctuated. God could have wavered every time he wavered. God could have forgotten him every time he forgot about God. God could have vacillated every time he vacillated. But because David was aware that he served a good God, the appropriate and proper thing to do would be to stop and give God thanks. And somebody in here uh, this morning who's watching me this morning needs to take a pregnant pause. Somebody here needs to stop for a second, look back over your own life and conclude that I've got to give God some thanks. You see, you ought to thank God for every time he gave you another chance. Thank him for every moment he's been good to you. You ought to turn around doing a bout face like the one leprous man who Jesus told along with nine others to go and show themselves to the priest. And the Bible says that while they were going, this brother looked at his hands, and they looked new. He looked at his feet. Yeah, the songwriter said, and they did too. And when he discovered that he was healed, the book says that he turned around to tell the Lord, thank you. The Bible says in Psalm 92, verse 1, it says, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Y'all missed that. <laughs> the Bible says in Psalm 92, verse 1, it's a good thing to give thanks Unto the Lord. Y'all still missed it. I got to say it one more time. It is a good thing yeah, 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 yeah. to give thanks unto the Lord. You know, our wives are a good thing. Am, am I right about it? Yeah, God has given us some good things. But there's no better thing than to give God the best thing, the good thing. He says give. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. So in our text, David says a thankful heart acknowledges God. A thankful heart speaks from his own personal experience because they have tasted the goodness of God. Can't you hear David saying later on, oh, taste and see, <laughs> that the Lord is good? Yeah, yeah. You see, we all want good things in our lives. Can I get one witness here? Yeah, uh, we, all, we all want good things in our lives. I say we all want good things in our lives, but the Bible not only endorses being the recipient of good things, but it also suggests that it is a good thing to also be a contributor. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, we like having our hands out in collector's mode. But can we also extend our hands and be a contributor? 
You see, we cherish collecting cars, cash, and creature comforts. We enjoy receiving gifts and gestures of love. But the Bible says God is more interested in you not so much collecting but in contributing. What are we going to contribute? Tokens of gratitude. Oh, my God, I said something right there. He interested enough extending to him tokens of gratitude. You see, as children of the Most High God, the, uh, uh, the regularly giving of thanks is a good thing. The Hebrew word for good means something pleasant and agreeable to the senses. Can I tell y'all what happened? Uh, just uh, uh, on October, uh, uh, the end of October on Saturday, here it is. The, the, uh, I was in my house minding my own business. I was chilling. I was on vacation. I'm trying to rest. And uh, next thing you know, I get a phone call saying, step outside. My brothers and sisters, I stepped outside. Lo and behold, there is a parade of cars that came passing by, blowing horns and, and, and giving gifts. Yes, gifts. And one of the gifts I received was uh, a pan of peach cobbler. Oh, my God. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Peach, y'all know what peach cobbler is? Uh, that, that delectable dish that uh, uh, is filled with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the gooiness and the, the, the wonderful splendor of peaches. And, and, and it's got wonderful juice that's inside. Lord have mercy. But then it's covered with a crisp brown crust. And, uh, and and somebody, one of the members handed out a pan out the window of their car. Said, Pastor, this is for you. I brought a smile to my face. But wait a minute. Then another car came by later on, and it too handed me a pan of peach cobbler. Uh, Connected fellowship, friends and family who happened to be watching from afar. Uh, I had two pans of something that was delectably pleasant. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Come on, come on. Then on top of that, they brought some bluebell ice cream. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? But you see, here it is. Good means to uh, have something that is pleasant and agreeable to the senses. It is the giving of something that brings happiness. It is the giving of something that brings joy. It is the giving of something that activates favor. Y'all not here. Oh, my God. And, and when they handed me peace cobbling, it, it gave me a sense of joy. It activated my senses. My brothers and sisters, do you know that God is pleased when we give him thanks? Are y'all in here? I said God gets joy when we show him gratitude that God is pleased uh, when those who trust him uh, tell him thank you for what he has done. Yeah. Do you remember, again, that narrative story of the ten lepers? The Bible tells us one day, you know, that he healed, he healed ten lepers men, but only one of them turned back to tell the Lord thank you. You remember that? Ten got healed, but only one saw it as a priority to go back to the source of his healing, go back to the cause of his cure, go back to the root of his recovery, and tell him, thank you. The Bible says when he discovered that he was healed, he came back, fell down before the master, gave him thanks, praised, and glorified his name. And here it is, my brothers and sisters, thankful hearts turn around. 
and give thanks. You see, when his life was fixed, when he was made whole again, the Bible says he turned around to thank the one who made it all possible, which prompted Jesus to ask this question, where are the other nine? Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Jesus said, we're, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Jesus says to his man, more than you were the recipients of my goodness. You were not the only one who was here. You were not the only one who was made better. Why? Where are the others? And uh, uh, my brothers, I want to submit to you this morning that when we are blessed and fail to pause to give God expressions of thanks, notes of gratitude, expressions of appreciation, the master raises a concern about the whereabouts of those who get blessed <laughs> but keep right on going. I want to suggest never, never pause it uh, to say thanks. David comes to the awareness that I have a reason and a right to say thank you. And I need to pause here because David concludes that thanking God is just, Elder, the logical thing to do. It's the logical thing. It's the right thing to do. It's the proper and appropriate action for us to take. It's what our parents taught us when we were children. They, they taught us to say please, and they taught us to say thank you. And many of you, like myself, were brought up in homes where we were taught to never start eating your groceries without first saying thank you. Yeah. Talk to me when you can. You say so you thanked them for the food before you consumed it. You, you do realize that it, if it had not been for God, it could have been us, as the songwriter said, outdoors, yeah. with no food and no clothes, all alone, without a friend or just another number with a tragic end. Mm. But he didn't see fit to let none of these things be. But every day, by his power, he keeps on keeping me. And I want to say, thank you, Lord, yeah. for all you've done for me, mm. acknowledging the goodness of God. Yes, it's the right thing to do. So my brothers and sisters, you ought, to, you ought to just pause right now and just take a moment to tell the Lord thank you. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for letting me be in my right mind. Thank you for a reasonable portion, as my grandma used to say, of health and strength. Thank you for every hill and every mountain you had to climb. Thank you for your family. Thank you for your marriage. Thank you for your children. Thank you for your job. Thank you for that you've got a place to live. Thank you that you got a car to drive. Thank God even for the bus tokens. You can thank God for the money, for Uber. Whatever it is, all of us got something that we can thank God for. We can thank you that even in a pandemic, we can still worship together. Thank you that, you, that he's forgiving us of all of our sins. Thank him for saving our souls. Thank him for sparing our lives. I, I should have been dead. I could have been dead sleeping in my grave. But, but somebody ought to say, thank you that you made death. Get back yeah. and behave. You ought to tell him, thank you. And when David starts to think about the goodness of God, he realizes that a thankful heart, yes, also does something else. Yeah. A thankful heart, a thankful heart announces the goodness of God. It, it don't just keep it in the, uh, the corridors of his mind. He announces it. He brings those thoughts from his mind, from his head, out to his mouth. He announces 
the goodness of God. Are y'all in here still? David encourages us. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. My goodness. Why should we do it? For he is good. You, you got to let that sink in for a minute. You do know that the opposite of good is bad. Can I just tell you something? Satan is bad all the time. But God is good all of the time. You see, and we don't appreciate goodness until we are faced with something bad. And we ought to thank God. Because he, he got a case of the can't help us. He can't be nothing but good. David says, a thankful heart announces the goodness of our God. That's something else here. Why does he say it? You see, David starts acknowledging, and then he starts announcing. And something happens when David starts announcing. David starts recruiting. <laughs> it's in the text. David, he, David suggests to us that a thankful heart activates partnerships. It's right here. He says, let Israel now say. Do you see that? He, in other words, he says, uh, I'm inviting the nation to join me. And thanking God. Why? And he says, nation, here's what I want you to say. For his mercy endures forever. Then he invites the house of Aaron. The house of Aaron was those who had been set apart to serve uh, as the priests for Israel. So in other words, he says, I want all of the preachers, I want all of the servants of God to come and join me in thanking God. And I want you to say, you got one job. I want you to say his mercy endures forever. Then the book says, wait a minute, he's not through. Not only does he invite the nation and not only does he invite the clergy, but he then invites the congregation. He says, let all of those who fear the Lord, yeah, yeah come and join me in thanking God. And you got one assignment, just simply say his mercy endures forever. Did you get that? He says, let the, let the house of Aaron say it. Let Israel say it. Let those who fear the Lord say it. He says, now say his mercy endures forever. Why? Because a thankful heart encourages and motivates others to give thanks. David reminds us that our blessings did not come because we have been good. Our blessings come because God in every instance has been good. He showed us mercy. And I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but I need mercy. I said I need mercy. You see, mercy is the opposite of justice. 
Mercy is the response, it's God's response to imperfection. Y'all not hearing me. Mercy is whenever, whenever we see mercy, it is God's direct response to imperfection. Mercy is God's reply to a fallen world in need of divine assistance. And I don't know about you, but that's me. I stand in the need. As, as the songwriter said, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And I need your mercy. Here it is. Why do I need it? Because I'm discovering that mercy is not optional. Yeah. Oh, mercy is not optional. You see, when you buy a car, uh, uh, they have options available. You can upgrade your car. You, if you get a house, you can put in upgrades. Why? They consider those things optional you want it if you if you you get it if you can pay for it but my brothers and sisters you and i can't pay for mercy it, 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 i'm so grateful that god it gives it to us as one of his divine benefits god knows that i have imperfections god knows that i'm a sinner and can i tell you what sinners need sinners need mercy <laughs> I said, we need mercy. And David says, God is not just a good God, but he's a merciful God. He's a merciful God. He, he's been good when we've been bad. God is still good when we've been unfaithful. God has kept his promise even when we've broken ours. God is good all the time. And it's not his nature to be bad. He, he, he can't be unloving. He can't be unfaithful. He cannot be unkind. And David says, God is a merciful God. Yeah. Can I get a witness here? Can I talk to you just for a minute? I, I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did some, I did some work on this thing uh, called mercy. I did some work on it, did some work on it. And uh, I, discovered, I discovered that uh, mercy is related to goodness. Can I go deeper? You see, mercy is just simply God's divine response to mankind's imperfections. You see, when God saw us, uh, he knew because God is infinite in all of his knowledge. And he knew that we would be uh, people of imperfection. And so whenever God sees imperfection, then he shows us mercy. Are y'all in here? Uh, let me see if I can put it this way. Uh, uh, if mercy is God's divine response to mankind's imperfections, then when God shows mercy, he then is seeking to remove defects. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I say, when, 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 God, when, when God shows mercy, he's seeking to remove defects from our lives. And to remove defects is to make something better. And to make something better is to make it more good. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Therefore, mercy is related to goodness because whenever God activates mercy in our lives, he's removing something that's making us bad and he's replacing it with something that makes us better. And that's why you ought to be thanking God for mercy. Why? Because one day he took our sins away. Yeah. And what did he replace it with? He, he, took us, he took our sins away and he replaced it with his love. Yeah. He, he took our unkindness and replaced it with 
his kindness. He took our jealousy and replaced it with his love. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? Whenever God shows up in our lives, he always extends to us mercy. Somebody ought to holler out, I need mercy. mercy. I need mercy. I need his mercy. I need his mercy. I said, I need his mercy. That's what that's what the Bible calls mercy. That's 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 what the Bible calls mercy. The, the God that we serve, the God we think is abundant in mercy. That's why we ought to solicit others to join in the community of the grateful. Because David, David says that his mercy endures forever. I, I, I wrestle with this elder. I wrestle with this idea. What you mean uh, that his mercy endures forever? Uh, and uh, does forever mean forever? Does forever mean time without end? Yes, or does forever mean in the duration of my circumstance? Right. For instance, when we get to heaven, we won't need mercy no. because we will be perfect beings. Y'all not here? You see, because when he comes back to receive us, <laughs> Revelation says that mercy will, will run its course. But, 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 and so, so, so mercy then cannot mean forever as meaning time without end. Mercy means the duration of our circumstance. So as long as I'm breathing his air, as long as I'm on his earth, then I am the recipient of his mercy. That's why you ought to give thanks to him because as long as you're breathing air, you, you got the opportunity to get his mercy. As long as you're, you're doing the will of God, you got access to the mercy. You're not hearing what I'm saying. As long as we are alive, mercy please for our, please our case. Can't you hear David saying, my brothers and sisters, as long as you're alive, as long as you're breathing, his mercy endures forever. In other words, we can't run out of mercy. Uh, uh, when you've missed the mark, when you've fallen short, what you need is mercy. When you're error, when you've gone astray, when you've gone wrong, what you need is mercy. And I wish I had some time here, but if justice had his way, we would have been swept away. But isn't it good news to know that when you have messed up, God does not send justice he sends mercy. God knows that there are times in our lives when we urgently need mercy. Can I get a witness? And is there anybody here besides me ever needed some urgent mercy? You, you know what mercy is. It's getting what you uh, don't really deserve. Mercy is when you get another chance, even when you've blown the first one and blown the second one and blown the third one. And, and, and God says, I still got mercy for you. David reminds the saints that a thankful heart activates others. So I need Israel. I need the nation to say his mercy endures forever. I wish I had about four or five preachers who would just go ahead and holler out right now his mercy, mercy. endures forever. And I wish I had somebody who was who knew who was saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, who understand that God is God, would say that his mercy, his mercy. endures forever. I got to leave you now, but we need to depart with a holy priority. We ought to depart with a sense of urgency. We, need, we should leave here with a, a vocal, uh, a lot of vocal appeal because when you wake up in the morning, you ought to tell the Lord, thank you for allowing you to see a brand new day. Yeah, yeah. 
You ought to leave work Monday. You ought to go to work, leave for work Monday. Uh, uh, understanding and saying, thank you, Lord, for a place to work. Uh, you, when you go to school, you ought to say, Lord, thank you that I got a place where I can get a decent education. The songwriter reminds us that every day is a day of thanksgiving because God's been so good to us. Every day he's blessing us. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. So take the time to glorify the Lord today. Three keys, three truths from a grateful heart. A thankful heart acknowledges the goodness of God. A thankful heart announces the goodness of our God. Here's the last thing. But a thankful heart activates others. Yeah. To champion the goodness of our God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you one more time for the tangible and tender reminder that every day is a day of thanksgiving. Lord, we are not bound by the month of November to give you the thanks that you so rightly deserve because, God, you're good to us each and every day of our lives. In fact, right now, God, we are our hearts are overflowing with the fact that your mercy for us endures forever. We thank you for that. When justice should have cut us down, thank you, God, for extending and sending us your mercy. Thank you, God, that your mercy comes to the rescue of my imperfections. Lord, I've got many of those which means that I need a lot of your mercy. And for that, I say thank you. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your deep kindness. Thank you for your wonderful generosity. I pray now, God, that maybe there's somebody here who needs to say yes to the salvific works of your son, Jesus Christ. They're only here by the grace of God. They're only here because of the mercy of our God. And I pray now, God, that you would take this moment, use this time to draw them to yourself. Then, God, I pray for every born-again believer, even right now, that you would cultivate within us a thankful and a grateful heart. Because you have indeed been good to us. And so we join in with the saints. We join in with the biblical heroes to say you are good and your mercy endures forever. In fact, Eugene Peterson reminds us that your love won't quit. It won't give up on us. 
we thank you for that. Bless us now, God, as we extend your invitation. Open hearts right now to receive the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen.